When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey, everyone. 5.11 has been just an incredible partner, and they've given me a promo code that you certainly should take advantage of. That is promo code CLINT. C-L-I-N-T at checkout. You can use this code in one of their stores or at 511tactical.com. I wear their pants like every day, especially their brand new trail pant. These things are stretchy in every direction, yet sturdy enough so that I can still carry a concealed gun, put things in my pockets without worrying of it bulging, I mean, they're just a great all-around pant. You can wear them outside or you can dress them up for an evening date. But whatever it is you find in that store, make sure you use promo code CLINT, C-L-I-N-T, for 20% off. Now, this isn't going to apply to some of the sale items, but you can use it in-store or online at 511tactical.com. Thank you for listening to another episode. I always appreciate it. Make sure you go give us five stars and some dirty comments that we can read about later and tell all our followers how dirty you are. But five stars and some comments would do us great. And we always appreciate it. It keeps us in the top 1%. And uh, today, we've got the founder and CEO of the Warrior Poet Society. He is a former war veteran and special operations soldier, having served in the second bat second ranger battalion sorry and today he is a video content creator public speaker firearms trainer homesteader and future author and i'm bet new york times bestseller john level to the show hey buddy how you doing good to see you man good to be here finally put it together (laughs) so I'm on the podcast, and hopefully, as the name may suggest, I don't die in the process. So here we are. You are. You are now on Can You Survive, and we'll see how you do. Um, You know, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire, get it warmed up, and see how you do. And then we'll circle back around and talk about the why, because the why is always important with choices in life. Wouldn't you agree? I I do agree. Let's do it. I'm ready to hit this. All right. Here we go. Warrior or poet? Uh, poet. Poet. Pistol or rifle? Rifle. <laughs> Husband or father? Husband. Lead or follow? Lead. Grow it or buy it? Uh, I should choose grow it, but I actually <laughs> buy it because I'm a fake homesteader. <laughs> I'm not the real deal. 
<laughs> Buy it. I know. It's tough. It's not easy. Uh, folder or fixed blade? Folder. Folder. Uh, filter the water or boil the water? Filter. Run or swim? Ugh. Swim is better. And you seals, <laughs> of course. You'll have all your nerdy explanations. But I'm going to go run just to spite you, seal. Take that. So which one are you doing? Run? I'm saying run just to oh, spite oh, you, seal. Oh, go and run. Oh, okay. Well, I figured since you're a ranger, you'd pick that anyway. All right. Push-ups or pull-ups? Pull-ups. Yeah, me too. Um, okay. Suck the lollipop or lick the ice cream cone? I'm going to throw both of them at your face. <laughs> There's no win to that question, and you know it. You have to pick one, though. You have to pick one. It's Sorry. It's just you have to lick or suck. Which one are you? Come on. It's okay. Just I will one. have some ice cream, and I'll eat it in the most masculine <laughs> way I've ever seen. Lick it is. All right. Good job. Okay. Circling back to the top. Here we go. Warrior versus poet. Obviously, you've started a foundation, a society, a world that uh, does a good job, like intertwining both. So, but you pick poet over warrior. Give me it to me. Uh, poet is the stuff that matters the most in life. Uh, and, and that that's really what carries you most in life. You could say you could do it a whole bunch of different ways. The First Amendment came before Second Amendment because First Amendment's filled with all the passionate stuff, the stuff that matters the most. And the Second Amendment is there to uh, protect it, you know. And so in, in the same vein, warrior is a means to an end. But poet, the in deep drinking of life, the enjoyment of it uh, all you know, kind of, I can shove religion, philosophy, all, uh, fatherhood, uh, masculine. I can shove most of that stuff into the auspices, the the, the lines of poet. Uh, and so um, there's the fighting for freedom and there's the enjoying of the freedom. Uh, the warrior is a means to an end. The poet is an end in of itself. So it's got to be superior. The warrior is definitely cooler. So those of you who bristle at my response out there of like, no, come on, man, warrior. No, I speak that language. I'm with you. But but listen to my words, beefcakes. Yeah. Well, you've, uh, I mean, you've obviously, you're on the speaking circuit. You're always on the camera. Um, you always have awesome answers. And I, I, yeah, I can't argue with that at all. I mean, not that I would. It's just, uh, I think you're right. The First and Second Amendment and the order in which they were put is definitely the best argument for it. Um, I think you're right, though. People have to be like, well, you couldn't have peace without the war first. And it's like chicken and egg type stuff. But I'm with you. Poet. All right. Pistol versus rifle. You pick rifle. Come on. Rifles are awesome. Uh, you know, you want to put somebody down and uh, whether it's hunting an animal or defending your home uh rifle is far better terminal ballistic wise of uh seven out of every eight people shot with a pistol live through it and so hey rifle i mean i can shoot really far away i can shoot really close up and fast there's a reason why all your special operations guys or your swat teams they all could choose any gun in the world and they're rocking the m4 for a reason you know yeah, and so yeah. rifle is just better i don't conceal carry a rifle uh because my pants are just too tight uh but uh <laughs> but I'll, I'll carry a pistol to fight my way to a rifle that's right that's what i was gonna say that's the only reason is you got that pistol to get you to the rifle um and i'm with you i had this uh, tornado back in december and it basically took all my rifles and spread them over 10 acres and uh so what i've been doing since everything got rebuilt my shops and you know my little work areas and this and that i um 
I take a rifle every day, clean it, go sight it in, and it's the most enjoyable way to start a day. Because every morning after I get done with my little routine, that's the first thing I do is clean. Because there's a lot to clean now. They all got stuck in the mud and everything. Um, and so clean it, zero it. You get a couple of rounds down range. You kind of get brushed up on, oh, yeah, I got to do this. Windage, elevation, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's it's the best way to start a day. Rifles are just fun and awesome. And there's so many things you can do with them that you can't do with a pistol. Um, okay. Husband over father. I mean, I love my kids, but the goal is to love your wife more than your kids. Uh, reason why is if you really want to grow good kids, if you make them the center of the universe as we are pre disposed to do here in the 21st century. We make little tyrants, little Napoleons that think the center of the world uh, is themselves and everything revolves around it. And so if you put your spouse ahead of them, it will not only keep them in check so that they're not spoiled brats, but it will also model how to be married. Uh, and uh, you'll be investing in your marriage. You should be doing weekly dates with your wife. You know, if your marriage is not growing, it is shrinking. You probably just don't notice. And so uh, put your spouse above your kids, I think, is the recipe for, uh, you know, having having uh, everything. So, yeah, no, that's a great explanation. And I support it. I mean, I'm divorced, so it didn't work out so well for me. But, you know, what I've realized in divorce is two happy parents, whether they're married or not, is what really creates normal, disciplined, good kids and sets them up for success in the future. Parents yep. have to be happy in order for the kids to grow up and be the best they can be. Um, lead versus follow. And I could have guessed lead. Lead Rangers always lead the way. I didn't want to say that, but then I'm like, wait, <laughs> the mantra that was thrust upon me by the 75th, I didn't have a choice. So yeah, I yeah. didn't to be an independent thinker. I had, I had to be a, a drone automaton ranger and say, rangers lead the way, you know? There you go. Uh, and so, yeah, now nah, lead, lead, bro. I eat and I lead. That's right. There you go. But you're always a student, right? You accept that. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mainly just lead learn from myself as I follow myself leading <laughs> all the way. Just circles. You're just running in circles all day there, long. Yeah. There's like 10 idiots <laughs> listening in right now that are taking me seriously. They're unsubscribing. They're blackballing John. Lill hey, it was a joke, bro. It was a joke. Here. <laughs> That's awesome. Grow it or buy it. And yeah, you, uh, you defaulted to buy it, even though you're trying to grow it. Growing is better. I think nowadays with all the writing on the wall with all the cracks that I'm seeing in key infrastructure across all sectors, it would be really, really good time to button down the hatches and become as self-sufficient as possible. Your rugged life book really speaks to that and provided of, I loved it because it was this great practical guide of like, it wasn't way up in the clouds. It was grassroots. It's something I could grab onto and immediately grow from. Sorry to be plugging your book, but I'm like, yeah, rugged life. It, it was uh is speaks to what I know I should be doing. And so I'm looking out over my homestead here and I see a horse and some cows and solar panels and a garden with nothing growing in it because we killed our latest attempt again. And so <laughs> we're trying to push into self-sufficiency and we made some big strides forward, but we're also, man, we're just kind of picking at it here and there. And it's still so much simpler to just buy stuff, but we've been making strides toward growing and doing for ourselves. So, yeah, no, you make great points. And it's why I asked, cause I knew that you're kind of a new homesteader and you're trying and 
Um, it, it, it always amazes me when I wrote rugged life, I, you know, I went around the country like I do for most books and met with the people who live it and breathe it every day. And those families, the first thing they said, you know, like, are you saving money? No, we're not saving money. <laughs> that was number one. You're not saving money, uh, because it really depends on the, the, the bigger overarching social plan. If you live in a cul-de-sac and you spread out what everyone's going to do, then you'll benefit. But if you are a small family, uh, then you are going to probably pay more to grow what you want than just buying it at the store. Now, if you're like one of my buddies who's a Mormon, has 20 kids, then now you're saving money. But it really depends on how you tackle it at a social level. But a lot of times with homesteading, it's an expensive thing uh, when, you, when you look back in history. Every American, male, female, child, knew everything that's in the rugged life, right? And they were doing it, and they were doing it every day to live and survive off the land. Um, it made me feel it made me feel stupid of how how few skills I actually possess. Uh, you know, I, I'm yeah, hyper skillful in a a few things that if things went really bust. Uh, there's this great amount of skills that I really need and I'm not very good at, and no. unless I'm using like copy or C4, I'm not actually good at fires, in <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. If no. you eat, I can, I can make fireballs. It's pretty fun. That's right. it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it, it is kind of a little scary once you actually dig into it and go, okay, I, I don't. Like the pH of the soil is everything. And I didn't know that. And then when I go and interview a lot of different homesteaders and talk to them from time to time, like it's everything like that soil is everything when you're trying to grow yep. and you've got to know everything that's in it before you even get started. Um, but the biggest piece to growing it and to being more self-reliant, and I push this all the time, is most of these homesteaders were not affected by any of the chaos that we were affected by, right? They're not affected by supply chain. They right. weren't affected by this, you know, pandemic. They, they're, it being self-reliant basically creates this insulation and prevents all the craziness in our world from even touching you. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And if you can pull it off, you should, but it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to pull off these days. Sure. Um, Folder versus fixed blade. You pick the folder. Yep. Yeah, you just easy. If somebody's going to jump me in the alley or something, uh, well, I'm, I'm, hopefully I'll we'll, we'll avoid the alley and then I'll shoot them. But, you know, <laughs> if you get pinned up of like, I love that clinch pick fixed blade, that thing is awesome and amazing for all, if all of a sudden you find yourself in some up close defensive entangled gunfight, uh, knife fight, that thing's awesome. But just practically speaking, I'm already every day carrying just too much stuff. And at some point you start feeling like a Michelin man uh, of yeah. just junk. And so uh, just practically speaking, just a simple folder uh, just keeps me from feeling fat. And I've got this kind of push dagger uh, orientation. So anyway, it feels like I can kind of fight more uh, that. But uh, just generally, I carry a blade more as a work knife these days and my pr my primary pistol is more about defense so yeah yeah i totally understand that when i'm just tooling around my property i've got a folder because it's just, it's just more comfortable it's easier to get to i'm using it as a tool i'm not you know planning on stabbing anybody right. and uh yeah i totally get it um 
And yeah, you're right. If you're carrying a gun, you know, and you, what was the quote? You said a quote when I came out and visited you a couple of years ago, the stupid people, stupid places, stupid, th what say it again. Uh, yeah, avoid stupid people at stupid times and stupid places. And That's I think it. It was Cooper, maybe it was Jeff Cooper that first did that. Yeah, you coined know, it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did that. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm just copying someone who copied someone who copied someone. <laughs> yeah, and when you said it, it was a reminder. I was like, I've heard this before, but it, you know, but it's that is really the key, right? If as long as you're not doing stupid things at stupid times with stupid stupid people, then you know, you the odds are you're going to be okay and you're not going to need to pull a knife or a gun. Um, yes. One thing I, I don't talk about very often, it's also hard to have a lot of fun because most of the fun I've had in my life is stupid times at stupid places with stupid people. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember no. me and you beating each other over the head with rolled up newspapers and motorcycle helmets. And that was, That's right. that was a hot mess of stupid, man. And uh, there was a big difference between 10 layers of newspaper and 20. Yeah, man, yeah. That, that thing will jar you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it 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 works. That's why all those hooligans at the soccer games in Europe do it. Um, okay, we're moving on. Filter the water or boil the water? Filter the water. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm out in the thicket, in the brush, and I'm drinking out of streams, I obviously need to boil it because parasites and whatnot. But I've got well water. Uh, it goes a couple hundred feet down, and I'm fine to just Berkey filter that action. I'm doing fine with that. And so practically <laughs> speaking, filtering is great. Uh, uh, yeah. it, if you change the scenario, boiling is uh, is a must, but I don't want to boil if I don't have to. So. Yeah, it's time consuming. It means you got to have fire in order to pull it off. And filters are, uh, damn, the filters they make. I mean, I carry like a little Sawyer from time to time whenever yeah. I'm out about because that thing is so easy. You know, it's not fast, but it's it does the job in a timely manner. And you always have fresh, clean water. Um, run, swim. I think you said swim, and then you went back to run. But which one do you like to do? Um, I'd rather do neither. Because I'm has been. So. I don't even like watching people run and swim and bring back terrible memories, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what no, is your, what's your number one fitness thing? Or do you just avoid I, that too? No, I, I work out, bro. I work out. <laughs> you uh, did the so, before picture months ago. I saw the before picture and then uh, I haven't seen the after yet. Where, where I look that? like my before pictures. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. My before picture wasn't, uh, you know, terrible. The wife is <laughs> liking how I'm put together, you know? So, uh, no, I keep getting injuries. And so I start yeah. making some gains and then I'm deadlifting or squatting and I've got all kinds of back injuries and, and whatnot. And so I, I start feeling excited. I get carried away. I'm competitive. I want to lift something heavier. And then something goes out and now I'm, I'm you know. Starting over starting over and I got to kind of babysit it for a couple months. And so it, it, I'm trying to have the discipline to recognize, Hey, I'm older and I'm riddled with all kinds of injuries. And really it's more about very slow progress forward and it's more maintenance. I, I want a, a pretty good handle on some strength stuff, some speed, some agility, some endurance. I want all of it in proper proportion. And so, uh, um, oh, running and swimming. They're great. I just don't have a lot of time to do that, uh, anymore. And so I'd yeah. rather on a machine early in the, uh, morning at the gym, hit some stuff, highly efficient. I'm out the door going to work. So, right. Yeah. I totally get that too. It's, uh, 
making time for yourself every day is important, no doubt about it. Um, but you've also got to look at what's best use of time. And you just made a great point. Running and swimming eats up a lot of time. And uh, a hit workout, though, you can knock that out. You still get your cardio. You still get your strength. You know, and it's on you to do the uh, flexibility um, or any of the other mobility, flexibility, uh, all of those abilities uh, that are either before or after the workout uh, will help with the longevity, but good stuff. Um, with that, push-ups versus pull-ups, you pick pull-ups. That's rare. I love pull-ups. Most people don't. I think it's more useful muscles than push-ups are. You know, if like if if I'm going to really latch on to somebody for grappling, uh, somebody who is a real good climber, somebody who can do a whole bunch of pull-ups, they feel way stronger than the chesty push-ups guy. And so yeah. this looks better, but this actually, uh, I don't know, you can kind of rip people around and I, I find it just more utility. So yeah. vanity muscles up front and uh, the, the useful muscles in the back. I don't know. There you go. I like that. And, you know, us, the Navy and the Army are the only ones that actually do pull-ups correctly while the Marines are just doing those kick-up weird shit that CrossFitters do. Um, yeah. Dead pull-ups. Straight up, straight down. None of that kipping crap. <laughs> right. That's right. And then finally, you you rather lick it than suck it. So we'll end there and uh, keep moving forward. Good job, John. Good job. You are surviving. It's you, are sur you are surviving. Yes, you're doing great. Okay. Let's dig into you a little bit. Um, this is my favorite part because now we get to learn about John. Uh, back in the day, John currently, John in the future. That's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do here. Okay. It's my least favorite part. I'm re I'm ready to survive something, bro. I'm ready oh, for the, you're... the theoreticals. Well, we got something special for you, don't you worry? All right, bring it on. All right, so give me give me give me the scariest um whatever word you want to use, okay? But I know it's different with all of us alpha males. I don't get scared of anything. Or uh the moment when it's like holy shit, right? I want a holy shit moment um from your army days. Mm. But also provide some lessons learned for listeners, right? It can be, it doesn't necessarily, I'm not talking combat, right? I'm talking like these moments where you're like, it, it could have been, could have been a natural disaster, could have been anything really. Uh, could have been just a crazy traveling uh, uh, threat when you're, you know, we're, we're abroad. But what do you got? What's the one, one or two things that from your past that were just like, wow, that was, that was nuts. So I'll, I'll say, uh, I want to start with a lesson real quick and then press in of, of yeah. what I learned. And what I learned is, is no one gets a monopoly on fear. Like, it's not like, oh, I have done scary things and performed well, ergo, I'm good in the future. Oh, right. And it's just not true because the moment I started to ever get any kind of haughtiness of like, hey, you know, I've, I've walked through the fire, I've done some room clearing stuff, uh, I've, I've been in some some, uh, you know, firefights and, and things went relatively well. I think I'm good. And then all of a sudden you get punked out by something that is not as comparatively scary. And so, uh, you know, and perhaps even even now, just because I have uh, played, you know, been more on the on the coward hero scale, just because I've performed more heroically in the past is no guarantee that I won't play the coward tomorrow. Uh, and then 
uh, courage in under fire, uh, you know, I, I could freak out and, and not have the courage to, you know, uh, lead well as, as a man or, or, or say something that would have me politically canceled or ostracized or threaten my job and my cushier life. And so fear is a goofy thing. You never actually master it. It's always something kind of the rent is due every day when it comes to fear. So anyway, I, I remember a couple different places that were the scariest uh, times, you know, the things that that really locked me up with fear. I really remember two times that I froze in fear. One of them was legitimately scary. And the other one wasn't actually that scary. Just my perception was what would just overwhelmed me. And all of a sudden I, I kind of had them. I, I was sitting still long enough to process the fear and give into it. Sometimes you just move in from building to building and you have so much work in front of you of here's my point of domination, collapsing sectors of fire and you communicate with a different. So you don't have time to be afraid. You're just doing the work and you're mentally distracted. So we were raiding this terrorist training camp. Uh, one of my buddies had just gotten blown up by an RPG, and so he had lost a leg. Uh, it, there was this kind of ravine down here, had longer grass, and uh, I was more up on this uh, spur looking down, ready to just provide coverage as a team pushing through uh, to, to basically uh, rustle these guys out so that when they jetted, we, we could uh, pick them up uh, um as they beat feet out on a, uh, on this nice path of, of egress. So I, I was there, uh, but it was really, I, my nods were all fogging up because we just beat feet like 500 meters from, uh, you know, helicopters that just dropped us off. It was dark and my vantage point, I just couldn't see down well. It was just, it was, I couldn't see down. And I knew based on my lighting conditions at the time, which were not ink black of you, we had a, a, a pretty high percentage of loom. If I crested that uh, a part of the ravine, I would be skylined and silhouetted. And even though it was dark, I could read lighting conditions well enough and had the tactical wherewithal to know of like, man, I'm going to be a sitting target for anyone that's dark adapted down there. And then I heard somebody, or maybe I imagined it as someone said, or I, I just imagined they said they're climbing up. And I realized, Hey, if these jokers climb up, I'm going to be face to face with them. And that fear just kind of ran away with me because I was just so blind and I couldn't figure out what in the world to do. And my job was just to, Hey, keep this sector. And we were all spanned way out. So you're kind of alone you're blind, you're hearing things, seeing things, and you already had the smell of blood in the air. And so I don't know of like, I'd been through scarier stuff than that. I, you know, but, but that one really just got me. It, it carried mm -hmm. me away. And I found myself chastising myself of like, what's wrong with you? Come on, Ranger, Ranger up here. But yeah, I just I kind of lost that battle. Now nobody died on my watch, and it ended up being a, a big nothing burger in my sector of fire. If I threw a few frags in, maybe it got somebody, maybe it didn't. I don't know, but it ended up being a bit of a nothing burger for me. Uh, a, a second one was, uh, you know, the the closest I'd ever gotten in a gunfight. I was inside a room, and I'd kicked open this palace door. Uh, and uh, some it wasn't a palace door, sorry, it, it was just a very, very plush, nice house. Um, I'd kicked open this door, uh, it was dark outside, uh, it had flipped up uh, nods because it was full, 
uh, lighting conditions on the inside and immediately took incoming SKS rounds just right over my head. And I put this joker down uh, uh, pretty up close. And that wasn't scary, but it was as I processed the room and knew, all right, I need to keep moving through. But man, if I just the more I described the the clearing situation, the more of a nightmare it was of like the entire back wall of the house was blacked out windows. So it because it was dark outside, I couldn't see through it into the courtyard and it was lit up. So anyone in the courtyard, which looked large, could see everything inside. And it was mm. close range. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm screwed. Then I had nothing but open dangers all the way around this kind of octagonish room. And then it had an open staircase that went up to a balcony that wrapped around with open danger areas as well. <laughs> yeah. I just received contact and knew for a fact somebody else was over here. And I'm still kind of, oh, crap, processing the fact, man, I almost ate a bullet. And that was really scary close. And meanwhile, I had a, a, a Delta guy who had, they brought their dogs and, and, you know, like they just materialized when Rangers found contact. Delta just material. Like, <laughs> yeah. Guys got any kills for us? Any yeah. confirmed kills in there for us? And this dude is right on me. I remember him be like, all right, go. Well, open door right. And I'm like, wait, no, hold on. Wait. <laughs> I didn't have a good reason to wait. I was just scared. I didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, wait, no. No, I don't want to do that. Not yet. Let me <laughs> let me get over simmer. it. But I had a little bit of analysis paralysis of no shoot house had prepared me for that room clearing problem. And uh, I don't know whether I stood still for five seconds. Uh, maybe it was longer. It felt like, you know, two minutes. I bet it was five or 10 seconds, but uh, nobody died on my watch then because you could freeze and somebody dies for it. And then you got to limp through life with that on your conscience. So nothing went bad, but I definitely froze for that moment in time, paralyzed by fear, just paralyzed yeah. by fear. Uh, so there's yeah. two things. No, I like that. That's good. The first one I relate to because there was I had a, I it wasn't even I wasn't even I was asleep. I had fallen asleep underneath a Humvee in Iraq. Uh, we had been going so hard that none of us could actually stay awake. But my dream was Fedeen coming over the wall, right? Mm. And uh, that dream was so freaking real. Like when I woke. I slammed my head against the bottom of the vehicle, right? Oh. Almost knocked myself out, cut my head open, you know, was like, where's my gun? Where's everything? And then you finally realize like, oh, but my heart was just jamming. It, it couldn't, I couldn't get my heart to stop beating like that uh, for a solid, I mean, it seemed like 30 minutes, but it was probably only five. You know what I mean? But it was just the visual of in that dream, knowing that you're asleep and people could come and take advantage of you while you were asleep. And it was probably prior to that, non Nasseria, the Marines were dug in and there was rumors of Fedeen coming into the trenches and the Marines were so tired, they're falling asleep and just getting their throats cut in the middle of the night. Right. So we had heard about all that. And then, you know, you fast forward how many other days or a, a week or two. And uh, yeah, same thing. I mean, like that fear of it was nothing, but it seemed like everything in that little split second, you know, waking up. Um, yeah. And then your second piece, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, I've I, I know that I've had those moments as well where when those shots are fired and, you know, you wait, I just survived that. Yeah. And now 
I'm going to be taking steps even closer to the unknown of more of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Am I really that dumb? <laughs> but you do it anyway because it's fun and because that's what you signed up for. And once you kind of get going, like you said early on, so many things are going on. You don't have time to be scared or have any kind of fear. You just you just go through it. And that's why you train, train, train. And which this is perfect segue to warrior poet society the train 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 and then these hard skills that you're teaching around the country um giving civilians that ability to now do what they've trained for if a good day goes bad yeah. and survive to tell that story just like you and i have hey don't go anywhere more with john the warrior poet after the break Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Tell the listeners more about Warrior Poet and everything it stands for. I'm sure a lot of them have heard of it, but now they get to hear it from you. Yeah, so we make all kinds of online content. Some of it's security related or Second Amendment advocacy or just, hey, what it means to be a good man, you know, doing the father and dad stuff. And so it's a bit of a masculinity movement. It's philosophical. It's theological. So there's content creation there under Warrior Poet banner. Uh, we also have training, and this is where it really kind of kicked off. It was in the training area. I shifted far more into uh, going after civilians. I mean, I've been out a very long time now, and I'm I'm just a civilian. I, you know, I'm not. Nothing requires me to wear multicam now, and so I like multicam though. But I'm really just after normal dudes, guys who are software engineers or lawyers or HVAC repairmen or whatever. And they just would like to make the world a little safer. I, I've taken some age old military tactics and principles and, and put that in more of a civilian context and then just good old pistol rifle skills. I teach a one man room clearing class. I'll do. Uh, yeah, some home defense variables. And so I let people do gunfights. And so average regular guys uh, can go through a few pistol classes and then get to fight each other. Like in, you get to do an actual simulated gunfight with each other. We got little stinging 
nine millimeter bees coming at you real quick and and, <laughs> and painting you blue and pink. And so, uh, yeah, very, very fun classes, but it allows, I'm after the everyday guy trying to make them better protectors. Yeah, no, it, it's a great mission you got going on post your active duty mission. And it's similar to mine, but I, you know, I like to go around, learn from experts like you that are teaching it every day. I certainly am not, don't plan to. Um, and giving people more of the soft side and you're given the hard skills, but, uh, here pretty soon you're going to be, uh, you're going to be providing some soft skills, right. Through, through a book. And, uh, what's that book? Tell me about it. So it's called the warrior poet way. It's our ethos really crystallized. What does it mean to be a warrior poet? I see an outright attack on masculinity in general. And I think warrior poets are strong enough, uh, to, trudge through the hardest things that life can throw at them. I think they're strong, good protector providers, uh, but they're poets in that they're also able to hold uh, their families together. They're able to be uh, good in the business world and good neighbors and good uh, servants through local church or neighborhood or whatever you're doing or forces for good in the world. Uh, and so uh, I believe that a man should be both warrior and poet. They should be mm. a lion and a lamb. So ISIS is very afraid of you, uh, but your kids aren't, you know, it's tickle yeah. fights with them and it's, you know, you're ready to, to, to shift gears, you know, three count draw stroke, uh, one of the T box uh, for bad guys. And so uh, a guy should not be a lover or a fighter. You need to be both. You can't just be a fighter and not a lover or else you're deficient because real uh, warriors protect something worth it. And, and you can't just be a lover and not a fighter because real love protects. And so yeah. they're inexorably linked together. Someone who is a warrior and not a poet or a poet, not a warrior is deficient in both categories. Yeah. I, I love everything you've been preaching. Um, Thanks. and obviously I've been, I've been, I've been out there for those of you who didn't know, you know, John provided some awesome skills for combat edition, uh, so you can see some of the skill set. You can see some of his philosophy uh, in the narratives that accompany the illustrations and the videos of him and um, just just awesome stuff. And you've put it together so well. Um, so I'm kind of going to put you on the spot. So with this new book coming out. Uh, yeah. Well, first, let's go ahead. Pre-sales. When, when does pre-sales begin? It's already up for pre-sale. So we're pre-sale right now. Perfect. Yeah, it, it's it's available right now. On okay. Amazon. It's already a number one new release. Yeah. In the masculinity space and in the uh, Christian men's space. And so uh, it, it's already it's already doing real well and it better because I've worked on this thing for years. I mean, I put all kinds of personal stories, stuff that I've held back and I was real vulnerable and sh Maybe I even overshared a little bit, but uh, uh, some of it will even make me like, um, I, 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 I risked a little bit more because I really think it's helpful. I, I think yeah. it's really going to speak to people. I think people who are not into reading will read and grow from this uh, book. I, I really think so. I've tried my best to encapsulate the most important uh, lessons of living free and dying well. Uh, and so anyway, it's available for pre-order right now. Right now. Good. Because the pre-sales really matter. Okay. I, I want to tell my listeners, those pre-sales matter. So make sure you buy now and wait. So when does it come out? July 11th. And okay. thank you so much for reviewing it because you are 
a blurb front and center right there. Oh, uh, yeah. I, center well, I remember, that. you know, when I came to visit you, it's been several years at this point. And that's when you were asking about like, oh, all right, I'm thinking about doing a book. And I was I was just giving you my own input and experience. And uh, I'm, yeah, it's a it's an accomplishment, you know, and and good job. It's uh, it's not easy, as you've noticed, to to put books together and and it's not easy to sell them. You know, you are going to be a published author, which is much different than most people these days because it's so easy to self-publish. But publish means something. It means that uh, uh, it's like almost like an algorithm chose you, right, to say, yes, we think this is going to be a great selling book. And that algorithm is basically a bunch of editors and smarter people than you and I at times, especially when it comes to literary world, deciding that, yes, this book, this concept, this idea is going to do really, really well. So, of course, in a, you know, a, a big publishing house, I think you went with Penguin? Yeah. And actually, yeah. Uh, Sentinel, which is the a, a footprint of uh, Penguin. But yeah, yeah. Penguin approached me and said, hey, you ever thought yeah. about writing a book? And I'd already had about 25,000 words uh, put in the most raw and ugly conglomeration. <laughs> just as I'm doing work, I steal away and I write 2,000 words here just on a yeah. tear, no editing. And then the next day, you know, or like I don't do anything for a few weeks and then I come back at it and you're like, how do I put this junk together? It took a lot of time. It, this it has does. been a labor of uh, hate and love. I, I, I hated having to work so hard. I love that it is done now. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a... That's a big deal. So congrats. And um, so back to putting you on the spot. Okay. Top three things this book is going to do for the men who read it. I think guys who are naturally more warrior predisposed, you need to really grow in poetic elements. And I can't just say that in a way that you'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll try to write a sonnet. I'm like, no, you thick headed idiot. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I, I need to walk them through some more practical stuff. I need you to see what I see, the benefits of it, and then what it looks like to walk that path. Mm. Uh, because all of a sudden you, you, you don't realize what you're missing out of life and and family and, and faith and, and living uh and i would also say to the poets you are far too timid this is a world at war with all kinds of bad players and there is scary things and it is not good enough for a man to just sit back and be real kind and polite I'm like, no, there's a lot more to masculinity. There is boldness and there is strength. And we're, supp we're supposed to be more like lions. And so uh, the poets will need a kick in the pants, you know, like you need to get up and 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 roar some. You need to howl at the moon, brother. And so uh, I, I take some real not I, not in a shaming. This is how you should be. Hear me roar now. It, it's far more practical. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so and, and I have a, a meta narrative where I bring people on this journey. I try like you, you and you you help me a lot because I really love how practical your books are. They're your pure practicality. Here's your bottom line up front, and then it's just brass tacks. And I try to start philosophical and then i try to whittle that down of like all right what in the world does that mean rubber meets road yeah and so uh, I, I even move into like personal sovereignty in in my very last chapter and, and that's uh, some of the self-sufficiency stuff we're talking about um and so uh yeah 
anyway yeah um, no it's awesome i'm looking forward to it releasing seeing how well it does i know it'll crush it um and last piece on the book are you gonna did you already read it yet did you go and sit in a torture chamber and eight hours a day so that you can have the audio book or is what's the deal did you do that yet? so i i am going to do the audio oh you are into a you are gonna have so much fun with that buddy so i i'm actually looking forward to the audio but i read aloud to my kids like every night i'll even do voices so i'm actually hardcore into reading books out loud because i do it every night with my kids you know just about every night but the Uh, difference is it'll be john uh yes can you go back to the top of the page and start over for me please no I read okay, it, John. And then, so there's three producers that are going to be on the wire with you. Okay. Oh no. Okay. John, can you say that word? I'm looking at it. You said Mississippi as Missis. You kind of slurred it. I need you to go ahead and repeat that entire sentence, please, John. Okay. So, uh, all right. You <laughs> waters. I didn't know. I thought. Oh I yeah. Thrown, oh yeah. Thrown in my book, and here. So. Okay. No. Here, the, here here's my real answer now. That I'm, <laughs> no, Clint. It's going to be a, a horror story. story. It's going to be a dumpster fire. I didn't know. Oh, it. Yeah. I didn't know. Not looking forward to it. But that that's that's just about uh that's just about on me where I'll I'll read the book. Yeah. No. It, it's much better if you do and. Um, it, it's better for the listeners slash readers to hear your voice, um, tell it how you want it. And you can enunciate and put a certain tone behind certain sections where, you know, if it's funny or if you want it to be serious, you know, it's all in your voice and, uh, you can control that rather than hiring someone to do it. Um, they would hire and it's no big deal to you, but, um, but yeah, it's a, just take your migraine medication with you. Make sure you got some reading glasses to kind of relax your eyes a little. And, and uh, yeah, it's usually five days, eight hours a day, depending on the size of your book. Uh, thanks, Clint, because I was looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, thanks well, for hey, this a, is, a this is can, you, this is, can you survive this podcast? I'm always trying to find ways to torture people. All right. Um, let's see. So what's next on the horizon i mean warrior poet obviously crushing it you have the warrior poet network uh which has got these awesome really really like high level produced uh tv shows and stuff um i mean it's amazing it really is and you've got a team now of what 20 30 people i mean where are you at with all that so warrior poet society i, I was just thinking about it if like the the folks that really do full-time hardcore work of like they're full-time with us it's about 15 or so 15 okay if you counted everybody who you know gets a 1099 for whatever maybe we're closer to 30 ish probably yeah. a little under 30 but really 15 people do the hardcore work of the society so i had a such a good team i love my team yeah and they do uh really work uh really good work but our network of it's it's basically recognizing big tech is adversarial against us. Every mm-hmm. time they redo the algorithm, it's to quarantine us and to bleed off our following while taking all those folks and trying to convert them to funny cat videos and, you know, uh, pubescent girls doing TikTok zombie dances scantily clad of like they're, they're trying to wean us off you know, material that got that might be edifying and good for them uh, to something a little bit more uh, that lines up with their ideological views. And, and so that's what's happening on big tech. And every time they redo algorithms, 
they're, they're trying to crush us out of Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and stuff. And so the writings on the wall, one where this all will end is the only, if you want to have uh, video content, you're going to have to own your own platform. You got to own your own, own your own content because this is borrowed terrain and we're not welcome. Uh, yeah. So. And now do you think they, do you think those, the big tech side, literally kind of go go after and try to squash anything christianity masculinity and guns i mean do you you really think they kind of look at it that way or is there another angle they're taking to to kind of squash it no i I think it's exactly that and and all i had was suspicions before but man if you leaned into elon's twitter files when he took over it was literally all kinds of downgrade accounts shadow bands it had all these rev limiters on all this stuff to uh superficially inhibit huge engagement and you're seeing all these accounts that have all these tags on it and of like man after eight years of playing with youtube and whatnot i am very good at interpreting our analytics and i'm telling you i'm being throttled hardcore yeah. i'm telling you uh, i am not guessing it is not a hunch and the twitter files really actually prove that uh yeah i just know where it's all going and so uh, i don't want uh big tech to be able to cancel I me mean, so we have our own streaming service it's a bit of an arc and we have all these different friends that have come on it backed up their content we've got our shows and we've also got all my training classes so if you want to see what pistol one two and three is all about we'll check it out or ryan kleckner can show you sniper stuff and in folks from a different zip code or craig douglas will teach you how to um stab somebody to do put sticky stabby things in the place <laughs> that guys yeah. wouldn't want it to go and so that's right great stuff no yeah it's awesome um so what's next what's the future look like for you warrior poet where are you going next so uh folks will ask me that thank you for the question uh yeah. like i'll have some big grandiose whatever with, with some something that would sound impressive in a corporate structure uh, and really, I'm I'm not that way. I'm not super idyllic of where, what do you see yourself doing in five or 10 years? I'm like, well, I think warrior poets are uh, forces for good in a world that needs us. Uh, and I would like us all to be stronger. Uh, and I'd like a lot more of us. And so everything yeah. else is just a means to an end of like no super sexy flow charts or Venn diagrams or, you know, it's, it, it's literally, there's the, there's the big idea and all of our systems are, are, we have a big e-commerce store with all kinds of, you know, knives and backpacks and body armor and war belts and holes, all the stuff. We sell all the stuff, but it's to fund the movement. The money funds the movement, uh, mm-hmm. not the movement makes the money. It just, so that that's the idea. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're crushing it. You're crushing it on both accounts and, uh, I love watching it. I love, obviously, I, I've, I've dug you since I found you, or you found me, and then I found you. I don't know how that ha- actually actually worked, but um, I do appreciate everything you've got going on. And uh, but I think it's about that time, you know. I, we could talk for hours about war and poets, but uh, yeah, it's time to put you through the ringer here. Are you ready? I'm ready. Should, do I need to put anything on? Should I be gone? <laughs> do you have a helmet? Put a helmet on for this if you got one nearby. <laughs> we'll take you back in time man i feel naked i i see an ar i see this ears i see some yeah, ears whatever you yeah, yeah whatever you're ready okay here we go more with warrior poet john lovell after the break
You are a lone soldier who has been separated from your unit. During a mission in a hostile city, your radio is broken, and you have no way to contact anyone for help. You must navigate the city and survive until you can find your way back to safety. Are you scared yet? Do yeah, you? That, that is the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. This is a terrible, terrible, yes. terrible scenario. I need blessing and luck for starters. Keep going. <laughs> Do you, A, try to find high vantage point to get your bearings? B, stay put and wait for your unit to find you? Starts out easy. Uh, can you give me more context for the second one? Do I know that anyone is looking for me and a general idea of where I was last seen? No, you do not know anything. Is whatever I ask <laughs> context is going to be that answer, isn't it? That's right. Do you, A, try to find high ground and get your bearings or stay put and wait for your unit? Yeah, I'm going to stay put until nightfall and then I'm going to uh, uh, try to get out of the city. Uh, I worry if I try to get high ground, if I'm in the middle of an urban area, man, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm going to get pegged. That's that's going to be real bad. So I'm going to find a place to hide during daylight hours. And then deep into the night, uh, I'll be coming out trying to uh, get outside of the city, uh, someplace where I can keep eyes on it uh, and uh, figure out a plan from there. But my chances of surviving outside of the major city is going to be a lot better than inside. And I'd rather be doing bushcrafty survival stuff and fending for my own and and trying to figure out some way to to, to signal uh, peers, then hoping that nobody discovers me in an urban area. You're, you're screwed. You can't do that. So, I failed to mention that no matter what your answer is, it's usually wrong in my scenarios. Okay. Fantastic. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, John, you try to find high ground and get your bearings for this scenario. You decide to get the high vantage point, okay? You climb a tall building. You see that you are several blocks away from your unit's last known location. As you start to make your way towards them, you hear gunfire in the distance, okay? Do you, A, head towards the gunfire, or B, avoid the gunfire and take a different route? Yeah. Uh, how am I dressed? You're you're fully kitted out. And know. is it during hours of limited visibility? You know, time of day um, wasn't pointed out, so I'll say it's it's nighttime for you. Let's make it night for you. Fantastic! I'm going to use my infrared laser and <laughs> to signal aircraft from above and wait for them to let them know that I am a displaced friendly that they can pick up. <laughs> no, and you know what's perfect? It, you know, as a sidebar, you are answering exactly what I want guys to answer because that's the stuff people want to hear is like all the alternate thoughts. Um, so, but, hey, what, what are we? We were trained to think asymmetrically. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. What we're supposed to do is this is a Yes, oh, the whole point it. of war is to outsmart the problem. That that's all. <laughs> it is. So it's it's the '80s. So you didn't have a laser. Um, you know, you're just uh, you're, you got old school H gear on, roaming around in rubble. Um, okay, so yes, B. I mean, I 
I'm going to top off my canteen so that they don't slosh <laughs> when I walk. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> got to have balanced H gear. Um, well, in, in that case, if it is dark, uh, what I fear <laughs> is either I'm going to get shot by bad guys or I'm going to be shot by friendlies and link up. So I can't yeah. go straight for gunfire because either force may kill me and my good guys aren't going to miss me. You know, the, 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 those guys are, those guys are good shots. So there I'm going to find an alternate route and figure out a different way to link up. Damn, you're good. Yes. B, avoid the gunfire and take a different route towards your unit. So you decide to do this. And as you make your way through the streets, you come across a group of hostile fighters. Okay. Now it gets fun. So do you engage the fighters in a firefight or B, just sneak past them unnoticed? How many uh, enemy packs am I dealing with here? Well, let's see. Back then, I think the main advertisement was Army of One, right? That was a great marketing campaign for teamwork. Really was. All horse crap, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Army of One. So are you going to be an Army of One, or are you just going to sneak past them like a ninja? I mean, come on. How, how many enemy packs am I dealing yeah. with here? You're outnumbered. That's all I know. If it's two, I'm going to... I'm gonna burn them down and then shoot straight through but it is best to avoid uh avoid yes. that i do not want to get in a lone gunfight that is really really bad so uh i'd rather either wait for them to pass or find an alternate route you do good not idea to attention to yourself that's it that's the big one right you engage them now you're just asking for all the drama to come your come your way right right we don't want any big loud bang bang sounds not just yet at least okay so, yeah, you sneak past them because you are a ninja at heart. Um, but as you... I'll, I will have my black balaclava. You know, yeah. At least Don't that. we all? It's uh, the 80s. That's right. I mean, I have a murder bag in my trunk. It, it, I, I've purposely put one of those in there because you have to. All right. So, as you continue towards the unit, you come across a collapsed building blocking your path. Who would have thought? Do you climb over the rubble or just go back the way you came? Go ahead, talk it out. You're doing a good job talking these out. I do not want to climb over rubble. Uh, mm. It's like, uh, you know, a, <laughs> a problem when you come over something is you're so silhouetted from it. And so. There's another problem, too, but you'll face that whether you like it or not. But yeah, keep going. Uh, yeah. Keep debating uh, why, through it. I, can I not skirt around it? Of like, how is it that only one building and I have to actually <laughs> turn around? Of like, this must be a monstrosity of a building. Is is it like a a football stadium building? How can I not just go around this building here? It, it's like the video games. You're just limited to what's in front of you, and you haven't earned enough of the gold coins yet. I mean, come on, John. It's a building, or go back the way you came, which is bad guys. Yeah. Uh, Rubble or bad guys? Rubble or yeah. bad guys? So the problem is, is a single element. The chances of that somebody may have seen me in, in moving around, going back the same way that I just came is really, really scary. That's going to be Ambush Alley going back. I think mm. I got to risk pushing through. So. Okay. So, yes, you climb over the rubble. Good choice. So you decide to do this, and as you do, you accidentally trigger a booby trap that sets off an explosion, which knocks you to the earth. Back down to the bottom of the rubble you go. So, do you assess your injuries and take necessary first aid measures, or B, ignore your injuries and just keep on moving? Dude, assess. You have no idea. Like, <laughs> I, I might have a femoral bleed. That's of, right. Like, you, you have no idea the extent of... 
if even if you felt tip top of like, oh, I'm good. No, you may be dead in 30 seconds, hombre. You need to do a self check. It's medical time. That's right. And I know, you know, I mean, it doesn't take much, right? I mean, you, you kind of do it naturally. Like I've been ambushed. I'm sure you've been ambushed. And the first thing is like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like it comes natural, like to assess yourself. It really does. Yep. Uh, especially when there's explosions or, you know, large amounts of uh, lead coming your way. Um, so yes, correct. You want to assess your injuries and uh, go ahead and get yourself squared away because you just don't know what the future has in store for you. And it's already been pretty shitty so far. Um, all right. So you take the necessary first aid measures. You realize now there's a enemy closing in on your six right those that, that hostile group they heard the the boom and uh now they're coming towards it so do you a crawl into a nearby sewer system or b hide in the rubble Ooh, you can't hide in the rubble <laughs> right uh, yeah no, no tactical principle noise and light discipline if you violate those you need to move and so give me anywhere except in the rubble they'll they'll eventually find me in the rubble particularly if i'm injured and i got a blood trail so uh, man i gotta i gotta get off the x i'm going to right. yes you uh you have chosen wisely you navigate the drainage system to a rendezvous point uh, it's basically the street equivalent rendezvous point that you had already had planned before this mission fell apart. You, When you get there, though, you find your unit has already moved on. You've missed the window, right? So do you a stretch head straight to the next rendezvous point or rally point uh, or B, rest and assess your situation? Nothing to assess, bro. Next to rally point. <laughs> That's the right. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Good choice. You continue to the next point. And as you do, you come across a wounded civilian who needs medical attention. Okay. It's a decision point. Do you ignore that civilian and continue on? Or do you go ahead and provide some medical aid? Is Jesus watching? <laughs> always always oh. that, that's you know what i love that's a good point you know you know i grew up in saudi so i always found it interesting that they spent like whatever tens of millions of dollars on this bridge from saudi to bahrain so that they could drink it up and hang out with whores and uh because they truly believe that allah cannot see them in bahrain so they they drive from saudi across this big causeway to bahrain for that reason, because Allah can't see them there. So do you believe that Jesus can't see you here? No, Jesus sees me. It was ton <laughs> I'm a follower of Jesus. I was just a terrible joke. It's a good joke, though. I love it. I said I followed him. I didn't say anything. It was like, anything like I'm not like him. So uh, like to be, just not. So uh, I've got uh, uh, problems. It's the same problem of responding to an active killer event. Uh, yeah. Responding to an active killer event is tactically stupid but it is morally great. So mm -hmm. what do you do? Yeah. Um, if I am a lone survivor in a hostile city, uh, it is absolutely idiotic for me to help anyone, stop anyone of like, do not be seen ninja, fast, quiet in the shadows. I am uh, definitely risking my life uh, and possibly more lives if I become a hostage. So uh, it's like, man, you really need to bypass them tactically. Now, morally, perhaps that person would be so indebted to you 
that uh, they would hide you or help you. I wouldn't bet on it. People are generally horrible, even if you rescue them. People are not good. Uh, and so um, I would want to know a little bit more of what kind of injury. If this person sprained their ankle, I'm going to leave them in the shadows. I'm, I'm gone. If, like I'm not stopping. Uh, you know, if they're bleeding out and unconscious, maybe I could throw a tourniquet on. So, oh, even that. If it needs to be a field experience, I want to show any Americanized tourniquet that's left behind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, man, I, I do need more information because uh, if I'm just tactically making this decision, I'm going to leave them. Uh, morals can trump my tactical decisions, but if I'm going to risk my life and trade my life for theirs, uh, I, I need I need God impressing that upon me. I need to uh, know just a little bit more. Is this guaranteed going to save their life? And I can guarantee save it if I stop. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how to, else to answer without more context. Yeah, I love your reasoning. It's logical. And it does follow the, the principles of battle, right? I mean, you do not even help your buddy until you've killed the target you've killed whatever's trying to kill you you have to kill it all first before you start rendering aid even to your best friend that's laying next to you and uh that's just the rules you uh the firefight has to be done before you can start fighting uh broken bones uh people bleeding out whatever you may be facing next and i think it is a awesome principle uh for everyone right if it's an active shooter um an earthquake uh or like what i face in december a tornado you have to ensure you're okay first make sure the site is safe then you can render aid and that's uh that is a general order that you can follow with pretty much anything that relates to crisis or emergency situations and uh you know john i gotta say you have survived this podcast Woo! i'm the king <laughs> of the world baby yeah yes. yeah you reached the rendezvous, rendezvous point and you met up with your unit and you are now safe. I'm so relieved. There's so many people I want to thank. I'd like to <laughs> thank Clint for nearly killing me and sharpshooting me on the whole vantage point, which I totally don't agree on 100%. Uh, I'd like to thank my publicist who has nothing to do with this, but I got yeah. a book and we plugged it, so I got to thank them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so you great. did good, man. It's and and you did it. You did exactly what I love guys to do. Is that is just talk through the choices and you know giving the listeners the ability to go. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, mm. now I learned something new. Oh, I, yeah, I got to remember that little trick or I got to remember that little tidbit because it's all those little things. Just like you do, you have your way of doing it. I have mine, but at the end of the day, it's given people some skills that could potentially get them out of trouble or harm's way. Um, so I appreciate all your knowledge, your experience, everything you've got going on, the warrior poet mentality and society, all of it together is just so cool. Um, where can people find you, follow you, buy your book and just dive in deep as it relates to you and everything you got going on? Our website's really the best place, guys. If y'all don't mind, if you're interested in anything we're throwing down, uh, visit warriorpoetsociety.com, warriorpoetsociety.com. And you can get our streaming service or see John Lovell show, which will be our, you know, our podcast or YouTube or book all of it's there at warriorpoetsociety.com there you go warriorpoetsociety.com 
Um, John, it's been great hanging out with you again. Uh, I hope to do it in person sooner than later. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for cutting out the time and your busy schedule. I do appreciate you. Not a blast, man. Always pleasure. Let's not wait so long before we chat. You know. <laughs> nope. Yep. Yep. And like I always say, keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest. And you guys be safe out there until our next episode. Take care. Bye.